0: Today is the uh, final Sunday in the series, short four-week series on uh, the prayer of Jesus, and I notice on the screen it's time for the kids to be dismissed, so we'll do that. So boys and girls, if you haven't, they're probably already gone. They can read, right? They're good. And if they can't read, their parents are saying, go on, right, okay, time to go, all right, thank you. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about the heart of Jesus, uh, looking at John 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, just a reminder that this is at the end of the uh, whole discourse that's connected to the upper room experience, where Jesus met with his disciples and uh, had the Last Supper, and then a lot of things happened as he talked to them. I was just reading a little bit, uh, reviewing this morning, actually, in John 14 passage. We went John 13 to where we are now, but John 14, of course, the very familiar passage where jesus says don't let your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me and and i was reading there where the disciples were asking questions of course uh, thomas says oh, we don't know where you're going how can we know the way and jesus makes a tremendous statement i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but my me and then a little bit later uh philip after jesus says uh, very clearly that when you see me you see the father Philip says, well, show us the Father. I mean, it's kind of interesting to hear the disciples continue to ask questions after Jesus has already given the answer. Do we still do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're here today. That's why we keep coming. That's why we keep looking into the Word. Uh, It's hard for us many times to get to where God wants us to be. I mean, the depth of who He is, The depth of what He wants to do in our lives is beyond us. I mean, even as we sang that song, and as we reflected on the holiness of God, I mean, we just can't grasp that fully, can we? It really is beyond us. But there's a part of us that yearns for that. And God draws us. I just sensed His Spirit drawing us afresh again this morning. And I hope as we continue in His Word that we will sense that. Because that's the key. The key is hearing from God. The key key is he's given us his word, not so that we can just read it and memorize it and say, well, I know what it says, but that we can know his life in us, that that we can know the reality that he intended from the beginning, that we've been redeemed, that we're no longer who we were, and we're not all that we're going to be, but we're becoming what he intended. Isn't that exciting? If you're not excited, get there, okay? Come on. All right. Yeah, because I am, so come on with me. All right, let's go. All right. But anyway, this is the final in this uh, series today. The focus is on the end of the, uh, end of the prayer and going to be looking at verses uh, 20 to 26. So uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, uh, John chapter 17, verses 20 to 26. Jesus in his prayer. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me. Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. This uh, section is quite encouraging to us here today. Jesus prays for you and me. He prays for us He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, the one that were gathered with him there in the upper room, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Have you believed in Jesus? Have you come to know him as your Savior? You know, this is who Jesus is praying for. (laughs) He's praying for all who have come to him through the message of those disciples. We are recipients over the ages. Thank God that He has continued to be faithful, to give the clarity of the gospel to all of us, that we could hear and we could believe. What a blessing. And, and you know, what a blessing. We've talked about it throughout this prayer, that, that Jesus is praying for us. And of course, we talked about the fact that, that not only is He praying for us in this particular setting, you know, about 2,000 years ago, but He still is praying for us. Because we have clarity through the scriptures that he is actually at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. Jesus continues to pray for us. Um, I don't know what you're facing. I, I don't know what you're going through. But I know everybody's either going through something, been through something, or will be going through something. And, and, and whatever it is, Jesus knows and he just doesn't know that it's happening. He himself is a man of sorrow, is acquainted with grief. He himself has gone through every temptation that we have ever faced, and he himself has won the victory. And so that one, the victorious one is the one that's praying for you and interceding for you no matter what you're facing. And it never stops. If you have in your minds, and certainly the devil likes to bring this to our mind, that you're out there alone, and you're on your own, and you just got to dig through this yourself, don't believe it. The Word of God makes it very clear that the Spirit of God dwells in you, and Jesus is praying for you all the time. Go forward. Don't go backwards. Go forward in the truth of what the Lord has told us. What a wonderful encouragement. And then we go on, and we're going to spend our time mostly today talking about this issue of unity that Jesus ends this prayer focused on. And um, he prays that we will all be one as he and the Father are one. Now, it's interesting to me as I think about unity and look at the world around us, I, I realize that that all of mankind, whether we're Christians or not, all of mankind yearns for unity. Do you, do you know that? You see it? I mean... Uh, uh, Lots of money and time and resources and energy have been spent in trying to bring people together that don't get along. And most of the time, it's had some effect, but most of the time it's kind of disappointing. You know, I mean, I remember, I mean, I'm talking way back, you know, um, when Jimmy Carter, or anybody remember Jimmy Carter? Yeah, he's kind of up there in the 90s, right? he's, He left us, okay. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, what he was bringing together for a peace settlement between uh, the people in the Middle East, right? It was Egypt and uh, Israel and, and some others involved as well, but that was the main focus. And so that there would be peace in that part of the world. How we do it. Jimmy, we're ha- happy what you did, Jimmy, and I do think he did a lot of good, don't get me wrong. But you know, it doesn't really completely happen, does it? I mean, I grew up, you know, some of you think, man, I, you know, I grew up when the earth's crust was still cooling, I know, but that's okay, you know, I'm still walking and talking, so you know, here we are. You gotta put up with it. But any, <laughs> but you know, back in the 60s and 70s, the big deal was peace, peace, brother. And there was a lot of different ways people tried, to, okay, tried to get peace. Yeah, all right, you got it. All right. They were the great old days, right? Hey, yeah, yeah. And there was free love and all kind. Of, I mean, it was crazy. But anyway, um didn't happen. People tried all kind of things. You know, we're going to have communal living. We're going to really learn to, to to love each other and we're going to and, and God was doing some neat things, too. The Jesus movement kicked up during that time, and of course, a lot of the mainline church was having a hard time with that idea. We were singing last week one of Keith Green's songs, and I thought, I remember when that wasn't real popular in the organized church. Uh, yeah, okay. God's still at work. Aren't we thankful? It's not all about our organization and our, our things we do. We, we need Him to do the work. And that's what I'm trying to get at. You know, the world desires unity. The world wants it. We all have it in us because God made us in His image. And God is the holy three in one. God is a God of unity. There's a significance about the Trinity when it comes to our yearnings for unity because God Himself, who made us in His image, is three in one, and they all really get along. (laughs) They all really work together. They all do the same thing in the same way for the same purposes. And there's no disunity in God. Throughout time, people have wrestled with the Trinity. We still do in some ways, I mean, because it's hard to understand. But the main thing is that it is one God in three persons. He is the God of all, whether we recognize him or not. And we only find the reality of what we yearn for in the one who can make it possible. We only find the reality of the unity our hearts desire in the one who eternally lives it. And he desires it in us. Because that's what Jesus is praying for. So clear in this prayer. I mean, we're talking about the heart of Jesus. We've talked about the fact that his heart is for the glory of God, that God be glorified. We've talked about the fact that his heart is clearly for his disciples, both those that were with him at that time and for all of us today. And now we see clearly his heart is definitely for the unity of those who belong to him. So I think about it just in my lifetime. How well have we done as the people of God really being an answer to this prayer? Now, my thoughts naturally probably go like yours and say, oh, we haven't done too well. True, because we're all wrestling. We're all sinners. We all need the Lord's help. On the other hand, don't get discouraged that God's not doing what Jesus prayed for because we have lots of examples that he is. And sometimes we just don't see it. Hold that thought because we're going to come back to it. But Jesus prays here. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, as we saw here, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And he clearly says, this is what I'm praying for. I pray that they, and of course, who's the they? It's all disciples. Matter of fact, I really believe that he's praying that there will be a sense of unity, uh, a real, reality of unity, uh, the living out of unity among all believers through all time. Okay? So, but we're living right now. We're living right here. So, so he's praying for it, definitely, right here. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Praying for unity. Now, what is unity? <laughs> well, before I talk about what unity is, let me talk about what unity is not, okay? All right. Unity is not uniformity, all right? We, are, we have uh, shirts for sale. A matter of fact, I have mine on right here, Okay. I'm not. I'm not getting undressed. I'm just showing you my shirt. All right. Keep attention, however we can. All right. All right. <laughs> the, if we all wore the same shirt, same exact clothes, we might look uniform, right? We would all. And if we were all. I mean, if you go watch the rockets, uh, they all are the same height, right? And they all kick the same way. I mean, that's uniform. But are they really united? All right. Is that, is that unity? Well, no, not really. It's just that we all look the same. All right. So, so uniformity is not unity. Un- unanimity. Okay. we got all these UN words. Unanimity isn't, isn't uh, unity. I mean, unanimity would mean that we all exactly agree with everything the same all the time. I mean, if you have a unanimous vote, everybody votes yes. I, I, have we ever had a unanimous vote here? I think once in a while. We certainly didn't when I came. There was at least one or two people that, that said no. I mean, who are you anyway, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I've been looking for you a whole time. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, U- unanimity. It doesn't mean that, uh, that we're really united. It just means that maybe on that one topic, we did agree. All right. A- and really, it's not practical, to think that uh, you can have unanimity all the time. I know organizations that have tried to live that through. But, you know, that really, people have different opinions. You know, and and it's okay. I've found in my life that uh, sometimes people I don't really enjoy maybe being with or hearing their opinion, I need to hear. I do. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, people that are strong sometimes, and maybe because of their strongness, I might kind of back out. Well, I I probably need to listen to what they have to say. They got some thoughts there that would be helpful. You know, God makes us different. He he makes us unique. He, He makes us so that when we do come together, there is a gathering of our uniqueness in one place, in one thing that he's trying to do that brings a better thought than we can bring alone. I mean, that's the whole concept of the body of Christ, right? We all have different gifts. We all have different strengths. We all have different things that God has given us. Alone we're not really fulfilled. We're we're not able to do all that God intends alone. God's not looking for lone rangers. I mean, he brings us together in the body of Christ so that we can be all that he wants. That's not uniformity. That's not unanimity. And neither is it union. You know, union, let's think think of union as this. What if you took two cats and you tied their tails together? All right, that would be a union of the two cats, right? Do you think you would have unity among those two cats? Now, that's kind of a picture you can't forget, right? Okay, yeah. A lot of scratching and stuff going on there. Oh, my goodness, and screaming. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely not those three things. So what is unity? Well, let me just say it this way. I believe it as we read it in the Scriptures and as Jesus prays for it, unity is a oneness. I mean, he talks about being one. Unity is a oneness between people, living human beings, all right, where we are one even when we don't look alike, even when we don't agree on everything, or we aren't physically connected, we are connected because we have a common belief or call, and cause. And this is what Jesus is praying for. He's praying that as his followers, we would be united because we belong to him. That, that, that we would allow him, his lordship in our lives, that he would be in charge. You know, most of the time, our struggles are what? That we want our own way. Is that true? You want your own way? Nah, you're all good people. You don't ever know me. Nah, I'm messing with you now, I know. Yeah, we do. We do. It's kind of a struggle we have. And... Um, We know, and we talk about it all the time, that that the lordship of Jesus is really the key. And I've often thought about that. You know, when I've been in a situation where there's been conflict and struggle and all that, I, I do know down in my heart that if we all could get to where Jesus is, if we could all allow Him to be Lord, if we could all allow Him to be the one really in charge, things would work out differently. But getting there is a challenge many times. The good news that I find in this passage today is that we can get there because Jesus is praying for it, all right? I don't believe that Jesus' prayer is going to fail. You know, it might time, at times look like it's not happening, and certainly even to his disciples when he's praying this prayer, it doesn't look to them like he's going to win, and it won't look that way for the next hours that come along. And even after the resurrection, they weren't sure about it all. But over time, we have seen 2,000 years of Jesus being victorious. And millions of people have come to him. And millions of people have been brought to him and know his lordship in their lives. And people have been brought together that would never be together otherwise. Regardless of culture, race, language, whatever it might be, And at the end, it'll really come together, as Brian's been teaching Revelation. And I just love reading that part where there's going to be people from every tongue, tribe, language, the whole group. Everybody's going to look different. Everybody's going to sound different. But you know what we're going to be? We're going to be one. And that's where we're headed. And it's not going to be through legislation. It's not going to be through some kind of cultural relativity that you're taught. It's going to be through the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that God, the triune God, the only one who is truly one, makes it happen. Amen? Yeah. Let's hold on to that. Yeah. That's our hope. I was at the uh, prayer gathering this week at the old courthouse. Okay? They... uh, they asked me, I guess they were desperate for somebody, but they asked me to, uh, to, come, to come and do the communion part. They knew I'd done that before, so they thought they could maybe do it there. But, you know, I was thinking about that when I was doing communion. I mean, there were, I only knew like two or three people there, maybe four. But and, and, um, there was a lot of difference among us, I can assure you. We probably would not have enjoyed being in the same worship setting today because we all look at it a little different, okay? And by the way, I think it's okay. You know, sometimes we say, oh, my goodness, isn't it terrible on Sunday? Everybody's in different places." I don't think so. I think God knows we're all a little bit different, and (laughs) he allows us to gather in the groups that we, we, we gather in, and isn't it great that we have some choices? I mean, sometimes in my life I'm thought, I'd be great if people didn't have choices, and they wouldn't be able to leave my church and go somewhere else, but that's another story, because in reality, God's in charge, not me. All right. But we're here, and and we have a commonness among us, which is not really the ultimate unity that Jesus is praying for, but it really is helping us to grow, to love each other, and to be all that he wants us to be. And I really believe that's in God's plan. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we're going to experience the ultimate unity until we're in heaven. Uh, It's such a struggle. I mean, uh, we all would desire that maybe we uh, could gather together with people that are a little bit different. But sometimes we can't. And I've enjoyed that during my lifetime, uh, where I can be in some settings where people get together that, you know, they might think a little bit different about this part of the faith and this part of the faith that they are kind of these side pieces. But we're all really together when it comes to Jesus. And we're all really together when it comes to the Bible. And we really believe it is God's Word. And we're all really together when we believe that everybody's lost without Jesus. And, And the gospel is the only way to salvation through faith in Him. And that's who the people were, I believe, that when we gathered on on, Friday, on Thursday, excuse me, at the uh, courthouse for the National Day of Prayer. Everybody kind of had that heart, I think. I mean, I can't tell everybody's heart, you know. And as I serve in communion, I thought about that. I thought, you know, what brings us together? What makes us one? Now, we might not have been one in every different thing. We weren't unanimous, right? We weren't tied together, all right? We weren't all wearing the same kind of clothes. But there was a oneness there that is beyond the moment, and as we serve communion and remember what Jesus did, that's where the oneness comes from. And someday, even though we might not all worship the same and and do all that, we're we're all going to be in heaven, and we're all going to be able to really get along with each other, and we got along with each other on Thursday. It was kind of a glimpse of some of that, I think, and we see those glimpses at times. I think also the oneness that Jesus prayed for is mystically beyond this moment. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 12. After chapter 11 of Hebrews, where there's a whole review of all of the, uh, the saints throughout time and, uh, and how God was at work by His grace, the writer of Hebrews... And you say, Pastor, you're setting us up for your Hebrew study, aren't you? I say, yes, I am. Okay, we'll get there. All right. Yep, all right, we're doing that. Okay, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Since we are then surrounded by such a used crowd of witnesses. These are all who have gone before, right? Such crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily strips us up. And it goes on to say, let us run with endurance the race that God set us before There's a a mystical union, and I don't want to make too much of this because you can get real weird, okay, but there's something about being united with those who have gone before us, and know that they're cheering us on. I I look at this passage that way. They're in the stands. They've made it, and they're saying, come on. You come on home, and you get along where you are, and you play the game well. We've already made it. Once in a while, and probably you experience this too, as you, as you have those that you love that have gone on to be with Jesus and uh, just at a service actually on Friday with a dear woman who now is with the Lord. And uh, I don't know, as I go through life and, and that happens, I just have a deeper sense that I'm connected with some that have gone on. And uh, you might think I'm weird, but sometimes I even, I don't pray to them or anything like that, but I'll talk. And I'll, I don't know if they talk back, but I'll talk. I don't know, there's, I don't know where the layers are. <laughs> but I know that there's more than where I'm living. And I know that God wants me to be aware of those. <laughs> he said so, right? here i just read it to you be aware i think we are to sense a oneness with the all of the church throughout time and as i read some of the testimonies of i just read a testimony of a saint this morning and i thought wow you're speaking to my heart you know there's a oneness we we have the same thought here you're helping me go deeper we we need and, and read the old saints <laughs> read them read some of their writings Sometimes we get so caught up in everything has to be current and modern and everything, we we miss maybe something that happened a long time ago that God wants us to hear today. We have a connection with Christians throughout time. But not only that, we have a connection with Christians throughout the world. Anybody ever meet somebody from another part of the world that you never met before, and then you've, you've come to... Realize as you talk together that you both are followers of Jesus and there's a, a connection that's unexplainable. Yeah, I see a lot of heads bobbing here, yeah. I, I've experienced that over and over again. Um, <laughs> of course, you know, I've done a lot with Chinese and, and uh, it just amazes me, you know, when I meet people who, uh, who were atheists, member of the Communist Party. And uh, we're one because of Jesus. Who would ever think that could happen? You know, an old New Jersey, red-blooded American man, you know, with some communist, atheist guy. And we're connected. Who can do that? Jesus does that. Yeah, we might not agree on everything, but I'll tell you what, we have a oneness because of Jesus. We had uh, Rick Kaner here not too long ago. I remember him talking about in his town in Spain that there is a Russian church. you remember that story? And that the, uh, there was a group of Ukrainians that were relocated there because of the war, because of the Russians invading Ukraine. And so the Russian church in Spain was loving on the Ukrainians because they were believers in Jesus and they had a oneness? God does that. That's a oneness the world is trying to find and can't. And we have it. We have it. I have read of Palestinians and Messianic Jews that's families have fought for ages and are one in Christ. God does that. That's what Jesus was praying for. And Jesus prays that we would be one as he and the Father are one, so that the world will believe that the Father sent him. Our being united like Jesus is with the Father, our unitedness like Jesus is with the Father, is so that the world will believe That the Father sent him. Our unity, our oneness is a key element, Jesus says, in those that don't believe coming to believe. I've heard the opposite, you probably have too. Boy, if that's what being a Christian like those people don't get along, I don't want to be any one of them. You know what my answer is? If that's what it's like, I don't either. That is not what it really is like. Don't let the fake keep you away from the real. And we do all mess up. (laughs) Like you were reading this morning. Yeah, we're all still a mess. But isn't it great that we can come together and we can find our way and that Jesus is with us and the Spirit is helping us and we're not alone in this. It's not that we have to come up with this great plan. Pastor Glenn doesn't have the strategic plan for our unity. Our only, my only plan is that we get closer to Jesus because that's his plan. And as we do, as we know his love with the father and the father's love with him and that becomes more a part of who we are it's going to have an impact on how we relate to each other and that's going to have an impact on how the world sees us and people are going to come to christ and it's happening all the time we might not be seeing it but people are watching and it's amazing sometimes when you hear stories of people who have come to faith in christ what they say it always involves a person i was reading a book a few years ago Actually, uh, God has been doing some amazing things among the Muslim people. You know, there's been a focus on prayer for the Muslim world for quite a while now. The 1040 window, you probably heard about that. Okay. And uh, this book was talking about just some amazing things that were happening there. And one of the things that seems to happen regularly among Muslims is that they have a dream. A dream about Jesus. They they actually see Jesus in their dream. And, And they just experience an amazing Moment of his love, and, and, and they see him as he is rather than what maybe the Quran has been telling them or their, their teaching. But what is fascinating to me as I read the book is that in none of those stories of them coming to faith was it without a Christian believer being involved. It wasn't the dream that actually led them to pray a prayer and receive Christ as personal Savior. God would lead them after the dream to someone who was a believer who would then share with them and be with them. You see, it's people to people. That's God's plan. It always has been. It always will. He uses dreams. He uses all kinds of things. But what he really uses is his people. (laughs) And we're always a part of it. And you got people around you that are watching. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? You have children in your home, they're watching. Grandchildren, in-laws, outlaws, got all kind of people around. But what do they want to see? They want to see a changed life, but they want to see changed relationships, too. They might not always accept it, some people, A lot of people get more aggravated, I know, that happens. That doesn't change what we're supposed to be. And so our being united is that the world will believe in Jesus. So what do we learn from the unity of Jesus and the Father? As he says, that's the oneness he wants for us. Well, they have the same focus, the same passion, the same plan, They look to and support each other and see it all accomplished as they do. They participate in the same things in the same way. They bring glory to each other. They are one in every way. Someday we'll have that fullness. We'll be like Jesus. But here, Jesus prays that it happens now. And so... We can be one because Jesus and the Father are one. The presence of God in our lives can and will transform us from selfish individuals to interdependent, loving, and caring brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me read that again. The presence of God in our lives can and will transform us from selfish individuals to interdependent, loving, and caring brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? We're being changed. <laughs> We're not there yet. We've come a long ways, but he's at work. And, it's imp- and it is possible. We can be one, as I mentioned, because Jesus and the Father are one. What is impossible with us is possible with God. And as, as his children, he helps us to make it possible. The love of Christ in our hearts and minds is changing us in how we can relate to others. We really cannot excuse ourselves from being united with our brothers and sisters. Oh, they're just too difficult. I, I want to do that sometimes. It's easier for me. Now, I agree that I can't make it happen. And I, if I try to make it happen, sometimes I can become irritable, irritating and irritable. <laughs> so I have to be careful. But I need to keep praying and asking the Lord to make it happen. It's hard. It's hard. But it's not humanly impossible with Christ in our lives. Because as the angel said to Mary in Luke one thirty seven, nothing is impossible with God. So Jesus prays for it. We've already talked about that. He continues to pray as He's in heaven, and and, uh, He prays that we will be made one regardless of all the differences and all of the challenges. Think about it through time. I'll just give you a few illustrations. What about Paul? (laughs) Paul who was determined that he was right and he was going to go about killing Christians because they were against what he thought was right in the way that God was doing things (laughs) and he was wrong. And God got him down to a place where he realized that Jesus was Lord and brought somebody. I can't imagine being that one who had to go to Paul and help him understand and be baptized. That guy must have been scared to death. I would have been. Well, the disciples were all scared of him. I mean, it was all that way. But God changed Paul not only from the one who killed Christians to one who proclaimed the gospel, but Paul is one of the greatest teachers throughout his letters about Christian unity. I mean, he just writes about it all the time. You cannot read any of the letters where he's not talking about that. That's a change. That's an answer to Jesus' prayer. God is at work because Jesus prayed for us. And Jesus says here in this prayer that he has given us his glory... He says, I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. There's there's something to him giving us his glory that, that brings the oneness. As a matter of fact, it's that supernatural power again. It's not from ourselves that there's glory. Rather, it's the glory of God given to us by Jesus. It's actually really Jesus himself revealing himself through the unity of believers. His glory is seen in us as we are one. You want to glorify Jesus? Not just raising hands and singing, which are wonderful things, don't get me wrong, but it really needs to be more than that, doesn't it? It needs to be in our life and our relationships. And we can be one because of the Father's love. Jesus says that the Father loves his disciples as much as he loves Jesus. I was thinking about that this morning. And I was thinking about how hard it is for me to dwell in the reality of how much God loves me. It's quite a confession from your pastor, but I think it's true of all humanity. Just because I have believed doesn't mean I don't have moments where there are things in life, whether it's my Emotional state, or what's going on, or somebody, some, something somebody said either now or a long time ago. But it is really difficult to dwell in the wonderful, amazing, eternal, consistent, unconditional love of God. But He wants me to. <laughs> and He wants you to you know that there is nothing you can do or not do ever that will change how much God loves you. And I believe that the freedom that we can have to be one is to know how much God loves me and you. And it's a two-way street. Because if I realize that God loves me that much, guess what? If you're a Christian, he loves you that much too. Somebody here in this congregation, I won't point to them, but I saw them on Facebook, and they had a shirt, and it said, Jesus loves you, I'm trying. That's a good one. We could have wore all those today, right? That would have been our new shirts, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. But it's the Father's love, it's Jesus' love that is the motivation, it's the change in us. Um, Years ago, and this is old music, I know, but um, the Gaithers, anybody remember the Gaithers? Okay, they're still around, I guess, they're still doing some stuff, but I remember them writing a song, I am loved. I am free to love you because I am loved. I probably didn't get the words just right, but that was the idea. It's still true, I mean, whether they wrote it or not, but it's true, isn't it? We're loved. And because we're loved, because the Father loves us with the depth of love, we can love each other. Now, all of this is used by God to point the way for unbelievers to come to know him through a relationship with Christ. The oneness is to be seen by the world around us, and this will be the way that they will come to believe in Jesus. It's love and action. Now Jesus ends his prayer by looking forward to the time when his disciples will be with him and the Father. He states that they will see all the glory given to him because of the Father's love even before the world began. Someday we will be with Jesus and we will be like Jesus and we will see it all clearly. We will fully understand the love of God. We will understand all about, there will never be a time where I'm wondering about that anymore, right? And we will Understand all about creation in the beginning and the end, and, and we will be like Jesus, the Alpha and Omega. And we'll be with those that have gone before. They're already seeing it. You think of some of your loved ones that are in heaven. That's an encouragement to us. Keep pursuing what is true. Don't give up, be faithful, but in it all, remember that any of that ability is only because God loves you and because His Spirit dwells within you, and He will use you to be His love to others in a way that the world will see. Jesus, at the end of this, reflects on the condition of the world and the calling of the disciples to reveal Jesus. Praise God that His prayer has been answered throughout time as people have committed their lives to Christ and have been faithful in giving the gospel. I thank God for those who I have heard the gospel from, from those I have been mentored by, from those that God put in my path, to help me understand His love, and to walk with Him, and to serve Him. I spoke to the uh, COM uh, staff last week for their conference, and my message was from Proverbs, where it says, We make our plans, but God directs our steps. And basically all I did was share my life. And I shared how I thought I was going to be a music teacher. God directed my steps. I had no idea that I'd become a pastor, and I've loved being a pastor. I had no idea from being a pastor I'd be the head of a mission organization working with the largest people group in the world. I mean, who would have ever thought that would be possible? Just some hick from New Jersey. I had no idea that I'd be here with you, and I'm loving it, and I hope you are too. Because the Lord's brought us together for His time. But He wants others to see it too. There's a few seats empty around you. With God using you to show His love. Maybe He wants you to bring somebody else into this group that they might receive it as well. Let's live out the answer to Jesus' prayer. <laughs> Let's be an answer. Let's let him do it. Lord, make us one. We're going to close today with the song we started with today. Now get your funky clothes on or whatever you need. All right. That's great. I mean, I remember this song when we sang it around the campfire and the youth camp and all that. All right. Some of you say, wow, that is really old then. All right. Would you stand up? Come on. We're going to sing. We are one in the spirit. Come on now. Sorry, I got your music here. <laughs> <laughs> no work. Not it. <laughs> All
1: right. Good All right. <laughs> i yeah.